Hey, this is Drew Blackson, co-founder of Anchor Movement with my wife, Valerie. We are so excited you joined us today. We founded Anchor Movement on Hebrews 619, which says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. We hope this message drops an anchor in your soul and propels you toward the destiny that God has for you. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for tuning in the Anchor Movement podcast. My name is Drew Blackston, one of the co-founders of Anchor Movement, and we're excited today to continue our series called Embrace the Delay. And today's an exciting day because this is our first time doing a video podcast. So if you're listening to this um, on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify, you know, don't pull over. Keep listening on your on your device, but check us out on YouTube or you can go to our website, anchormovement.com and watch the video podcast there. But today we want to continue in the series, Embrace the Delay. And, and I thought I was going to be done with this series. I really only had two more podcasts lined up, but God dropped one into my uh, heart this last week. And so I really wanted to share that with you before I go into the final two Embrace the Delay podcast series. And if you've missed any of our uh, Embrace the Delay podcasts, go back. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Listen to those because a lot of times we can learn what it was like in the delays for different biblical characters and different biblical heroes, including Jesus himself, and how they handle that and how that applies to our life today. But I want to go into 1 Samuel 9, and I want to look at King Saul. Now, Saul gets kind of a bad rap because uh, he was anointed king of Israel, and he made some mistakes, and he lost that kingship. And as we all know, uh, David was the successor king to Saul. He was anointed by Samuel. Uh, David is the one who killed Goliath. And David is the one where we actually did a podcast series on one of David's delays. But I want to go into King Saul because Saul had the opportunity to be a great king. And he had an opportunity to do some amazing things for God. But what happened was he got into a delay And that delay caused him to miss his direction. So I think we can learn today how to not miss our direction like Paul or like Saul did in his delay. So I want to start in 1 Samuel 9, 1 and 2. And I want to start there because this kind of gives us an introduction to Saul. Because a lot of times we just see Saul as the king when David shows up. We don't really get a backstory about Saul. But I really want to start there. So in 1 Samuel 9... Starting in verse 1, it says, There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish from the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abel, son of Zerah, son of Borkarath, son of Aphiath, of the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders tall than anyone else in the land. Now check out what the Bible says about Saul. He was the most handsome man in Israel. He was a select man. He was a unique man. He was head and shoulders taller than anyone else in Israel. If there was a man who was made to be king, Saul was made to be king. His physical characteristics looked like a king. He was tall like a king. He was handsome like a king. He was kingly in every aspect of the word, top to bottom. And the Bible, and I think it's really interesting how the Bible introduces Saul. He says he was from a wealthy and influential family. He came from a prestigious family. He came from wealth. He knew what it was like to be successful. And this was the person that God chose to be the first king of Saul. He was uniquely made to be king. Now, what I think is cool about Saul 
is that he was made to be king. And how we can apply that to our own lives is each of us was uniquely made the way we are. You were made for a unique purpose. You were made for a unique career. If you're a student, you were made for a unique school. You have the characteristics of your creator. You are the creation. God is your creator, and he made you unique for a specific purpose and for a specific reason. King Saul was made to be the king of Israel. God gave him the characteristics to be the king of Israel. And just like Saul, you are made for a specific purpose. And you might not have found that purpose yet. You might, not have, you might not have found what God has chosen for you to do. Heck, you might even be retired from your job and still don't know what your purpose in life is. But God has a specific purpose, a specific destiny for your life. And he created you uniquely for that destiny. He created you uniquely for your spouse. He created you uniquely for your children. He created you uniquely for your friends, for your community, for the people you're going to touch. You know, you can reach a certain amount of people for Jesus because of who you are. You have a specific story that you can tell because Jesus created you that way. You are uniquely and you wonderfully made because your creator made you that way. And around our family, uh, my daughter and I, we have this um, special bond, and I always will tell her at night, I'll say, Mommy loves you, Daddy loves you, and I'll say, Jesus loves you. And she always responds, and Jesus made me, and Jesus made Nunu and Gracie. Now, Nunu and Gracie are our two dogs, but she understands. I'll say, who made the stars? And she'll say, Jesus made the stars. And I'll say, who made the mountains? And she'll say, Jesus made the mountains. And I'll say, who made you, Brooklyn? And she'll say, Jesus made me. You were set here for a specific purpose. And Saul, just like you, had a specific purpose. And Saul's specific purpose was to be a leader. He was supposed to be king. He was supposed to deliver Israel from their arch enemy, the Philistines. And that was what his specific purpose was. And God, as God has created us each individually, this even shows up in the New Testament. A lot of times we want to confer with what the Old Testament says with the New Testament. So I like to look at Paul. Paul was a man who was uniquely, uniquely called, uniquely, uniquely qualified. In 2 Timothy 3.10, he says, But you, Timothy, certainly know what I teach and how I live and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. Paul's saying, you know my specific purpose, Timothy. You know that I was created for something unique. My background, where I came from, how I became the Apostle Paul was created for this purpose. And in 1 Corinthians 9, 26, Paul says, So I run with this purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow box. And he says, I'm taking my purpose out into the community. I'm taking my purpose and taking it on the road. I'm, I am putting to practice this destiny, this purpose that God has put on the inside of me. I'm not just shadow boxing. I'm not just practicing. I'm not just training. I am putting into practice what God has put into me. And I want to encourage each one of you that's listening right now, if you're watching, put into practice what God has put inside of you. Don't let that stay in there. Don't let that just be inside of you. Let that out because God has created you for a unique purpose, like I said, and that purpose is to reach others for Jesus. Proverbs 19:21 says you can make many plans, but but the Lord's purpose will prevail. It's God's purpose that's always going to prevail. No matter what you are trying to accomplish in this world, it's God's purpose 
that'll prevail. And I heard a I heard a pastor say last week, he said, if you don't do what God's called you to do, he'll call someone else to do what he's called you to do. So I encourage you today, you are uniquely made. Don't forget that and continue to press on to what God's called you to do. Uh, even Saul, when he was anointed king, had some haters. We all are going to have haters in our life, especially if you start to do what God's called you to do. And, and that's what I always think is funny is it, at the moment you start to do what God's called you to do, the moment you sell out for Jesus, you sell out for his word, you start doing exactly what he's called you to do. It's at that moment that people start to look at you and say, isn't that the girl who used to be like that? Or isn't that the guy who, who used to live like that, who, who used to drink, who used to smoke, who used to do this, that? Or the, people always want to define us by our past. And I think it's it's so cool that the Bible lays this out in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 26 says that when Saul returned to his home at Gilbert, he returned home. Saul was anointed king, and now he was returning home. He was returning to the people that knew him best, who knew who he was, who knew his past. And he's returning to those people. A group of men whose hearts God had touched went with him. But there were some scoundrels who complained how can this man save us? And they scorned him and refused to bring him, get, bring him gifts. But this is the best part of the verse. But Saul ignored them. But Saul ignored them. And I want to tell you today, when people come against you, when your haters come to tell you you can't do something, you can't live the dream that you desire, you can't be who God's called you to be, be like Saul. He ignored them. And ignore in the Greek is ignore in the English. Forget about them. Don't let them push you away from what God has for your life. You're uniquely made for your purpose. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to try to tell you that you can't do something. They're going to tell you that you're not normal, that you're fanatical, that by living by the Word of God, that's the craziest thing anybody would do. Why don't you just be normal? But let me tell you something. Saul wasn't normal in this moment. King David, who followed Saul, he wasn't normal. And Jesus wasn't normal. Jesus was considered a fanatic. Jesus didn't want to fit in. Because what they understood is that God had a purpose for their life. And they had a destiny for their life. And you are called for a specific destiny as well. Now, I'm calling this podcast series Destiny to Delay to Destruction. And don't get hung up on destruction because that sounds really like a strong term. But it, you'll see where we're going with this. And, and, and the destiny for Saul was that he was created to be king. His, his physical body, his characteristics, he was made to be the very first king of Israel. And that was his destiny. But what happened was Saul got into a delay. And remember, this is the series called Embrace the Delay. And Saul got into a delay. And how he reacted in that delay is what led to the third part of this podcast, which is destruction. So let's go to the delay in 1 Samuel 13, 3 through 9. It says, soon after this, Jonathan attacked and defeated the Gerasthenes of the Philistines at Geba. The news spread quickly among the Philistines. So Saul blew the ram's horn throughout the land saying, Hebrews, hear this, rise up and revolt. All Israel heard the news that Saul had destroyed the Philistine garrison and that the Philistines now hated the Israelites more than ever. Now let's pause there just for a quick second. When Saul started to become successful 
in what God had called him to do? What's, what's it say? The Philistines, the enemy, now hated Saul more than ever. The enemy rose up and became even fiercer because Saul stepped into the destiny that he was supposed to be in. So the entire Israelite army was summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. Now, the Philistines were the enemy of Saul. They were the enemy of Israel. And as Saul became more successful, the Philistines hated him all the more and wanted to defeat the Israelites all the more. Now, if you remember what I talked about in our last podcast, I talked about when you step into what God's called you to do, don't think there's going to be moments of peace. Don't think the enemy, our arch enemy, Satan, is going to let you just sit on, that he's just going to sit on the sidelines and let you waltz into whatever victory and, and destiny that God's called for you. And that's exactly what was going on with Saul. Saul was walking in the destiny that God had called him. Saul was king. He was a warrior. He was defeating the Philistines. And the enemy rose up to fight even more. And let me tell you something. When you're doing what God's called you to do, it's not going to be a bed of roses. It's not going to be easy as pie. The enemy is going to want to stop you. The enemy wants to stop you because he believes that if he can give you friction, if he can give adversity into your life, he can stop the plan of God on your life. He can stop the plan of God on others' lives because if he can stop you, then the people that you're supposed to touch, then they'll be stopped too. So don't think that if you're making a transition in your life, if you're doing what God's called you to do, if you're going to the nations, if you're preaching the word, if you're in your school talking to others, don't think that the enemy's just going to leave you alone. Let me tell you something. When you are walking in the plans and the desires of God, the enemy's going to attack the hardest. Don't think that addiction that you struggled with in the past is not going to creep back up because that's what's going to be whispering in your ear as you try to do what God's called you to do. And let me tell you something, it's, it, and I, I feel like I'm living this out in my own life, that as, as Valerie and I are starting this transition in our life, that it's not this peaceful transition, that we really feel that there is some attacks and there is some um, adversity in what we're trying to do, but we know in our heart and in our spirit, that's where your peace is. Don't look around you at your physical circumstances and think that's where the peace is going to be. You have to look in your spirit, and because that's where God lives, and that's where the, the peace of God resides. Jesus said it like this. He said, my peace I leave unto you, not as the world gives, but I give you my peace. He's saying, you're going to have peace here. It might not look like peace around you, but let me tell you, you're going to have peace right here, because that's where the Holy Spirit, that's where Jesus resides. And so Saul has now stepped into his destiny. And let's keep reading at verse 5. The Philistines mustered a mighty army of 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and as many warriors as the grain of sand on the seashore. They camped at Michmash, east of Beth Haven. The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Now, the people, the crew who Saul had around him, the army, saw the enemy, the Philistines, and how fierce they were coming against him. And a lot of them started to hide and run. And that's something, too. Don't judge the people you're around. Don't judge how they act on your destiny. You're going to have people that are close to you, and they're going to leave you in the, in the moment that you need them. 
The moment that you need them most, they're going to leave you. Think about when Jesus was in the garden, right before he went before the Pharisees, right before he went before Pontius Pilate. His, his crew of 12 at this point had become 11 because Judas had betrayed him and turned him over to the Pharisees. But his crew of 11, the, the 11 guys who had been with him for three years, left him, left him in the hardest place he's ever been. But what did Jesus do? He kept following the destiny that God had called him for. He kept looking towards the cross. Paul said it, that he had his face, he had his, his vision focused on the cross. He knew where he was going because he knew what was after the cross, that he would be the riven, risen Savior, that he would defeat hell, he would defeat the grave, and he would defeat Satan himself. But he didn't let the people around him stop him from getting to his destiny. Verse 7 says, Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier. But Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away. So he demanded, Bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. Just as Saul was finishing with the burnt offering, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet and welcome him, but Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash ready for battle. So I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't even asked the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command of the Lord your God. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command. That was in the delay that Saul missed out on what God had called him to do. Saul had stepped into his specific purpose, but a delay had showed up. Now, see, Samuel the prophet, he was the, the mouthpiece and the earpiece of God. And it's not like it is today where we have the Holy Spirit living on, on the inside of us, and we can actually have conversations with God and, and, and time with God right in our own living room, or in our car, wherever you want to be. But back then, before the Holy Spirit was given to the world, they had prophets. And the prophet Samuel was the mouthpiece of God at that moment, at that moment in time. And he had told Saul to wait seven days. And at the end of those seven days, he was going to come and he was going to offer sacrifices to the Lord before the Israelites went out to war. But what Saul saw in his delay was the enemy encamped on the mountain. He saw the enemy growing and growing, and he saw the men around him leaving. And he saw the fear in, in the soldiers that stayed with him. And in Saul's delay, he got impatient. He was supposed to be waiting on Samuel, but he was impatient in his delay, and he offered the sacrifices himself, which was not something that he was supposed to do. Yes, he was king. He was king over Israel, but he wasn't the priest. He wasn't the prophet. And the prophet was the one who was supposed to offer the sacrifices. And it, seemed, it might seem small, but what Saul did was a direct opposite of what God told him to do. 
And because of his impatience, because of his doubt in the plan of God, even though it sounded like what Saul was doing was following God, he said, I got to hear from I got to hear from God. It was not what God had told him to do. The delay caused Saul to make a decision in fear. See, fear is the opposite of faith. Faith says in the delay, God's going to show up. God's going to be right on time. God's going to take care of this. God's got my provision. God's got my back. God's got my protection. But in fear, Saul said, I don't hear God. I don't see God. I don't see God's plan right now. So he sacrificed the Lord. He took his plan into his own hands. And when Samuel did show up, now notice when Samuel showed up, he showed up right after Saul made the sacrifices, right after Saul had done the exact thing God told him not to do, Samuel showed up. And let me tell you something. When you get down to the moment where you feel like it is all caving in, if you will just stand in faith a little longer, God will show up. God's never late. We may feel like we're delaying. We may feel like God's delay, delaying, but his timing is perfect. God's timing is always perfect. His timing for your life is perfect. You were born at this specific time for this specific reason. His timing on your life is perfect. You're watching this at a perfect time. You're listening to this at a perfect time. God's timing is perfect. And Saul missed that. And this is what I want us to learn from Paul and his delay. Be patient in your purpose. God might have told you what to do a long time ago, but be patient in your purpose. For me, when I was in eighth grade, I had a terrible injury. And it was a football injury, and it was one of those where I didn't know if I was ever going to play sports again. And God miraculously healed my life. And at that moment, God said, Drew, I want you to preach the word. I want you to be a minister of my gospel. And I got away from that, and I'm 33 years old. And it took me 20 years to get back into what God has called me to do. Now, I wasn't running from God for 20 years, but I was running from his plan and his purpose. I wasn't patient in his purpose. I let athletics and college and and things like that and careers lead me away from what God had called for me in my life. And I want to encourage you today, be patient in your purpose. You may be a student and God's called you to do something Great. You may know what God's called you to do in your life. Stay patient in your purpose. You may be in your purpose. You may be doing the exact thing that God's called you to do, but you might not be seeing the results that you thought you'd be seeing. Maybe your church isn't growing like you thought it was supposed to grow. Maybe your business isn't as profitable as you thought it was. Maybe you're not getting the grades that you thought you were supposed to be getting at the school that God's put you in. But let me tell you something. Be patient in your purpose. In your purpose. Perseverance is what we need more than anything. You know, we live in a microwave society, an Instagram society where, where likes and clicks are more important than, than patience and preservation and hard work. But let me tell you something. Be patient in your purpose. Saul had to wait seven days. If he had just waited a few minutes longer, maybe an hour longer, the whole story would have been different. Romans 8, 28 says this, And we know that God causes everything to work together 
for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. God has called you for a specific purpose. And everything that you're going through, everywhere you're at right now, he's working that out for your good. Maybe you're in a good situation. God's working that out for your good. Maybe you're in a tough situation. God's working that out for your good. It says that he works together for the good of those who love God. Do you love God? Is Jesus your Lord? Then God's working out everything good for you. Be patient in your purpose. 1 Corinthians 3.8 says this, The one who plants and the one who waters work together with the same purpose, and both will be rewarded for their own hard work. He's saying, no matter where you're at and the purpose that God's called you, maybe you're the one planting the seed. Maybe you're the one that's watering the seed. Maybe you're the one that's harvesting the crop. He said, God's going to reward you for your own hard work. And Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, finishing is better than starting. Patience is better than pride. You know, what Saul did in that moment where he stepped out of the will of God and he tried to do things on his own, that was pride. And, and that's something that we really have to fight in our own lives. Because if we, if we try to do it on our own, if we try to say, I can do this without God, all that is is pride. Even if we're trying to do something for God that he hasn't called us to, or maybe we're going faster than he's called us, that's pride. We need to step back and say, God, I want to do this in your timing. I want to do this in the way that you want me to do this. Because here's what happened to Saul. Saul was in his, in his delay He pridefully tried to do it on his own. But here is what he should have done. He should have waited. He should have sought God. He should have said, I'm going to wait on the prophet Samuel. Because what happened to Saul, if we keep reading, or if we actually go back to verse 14, Samuel said to Saul, but now your kingdom must end. Because of your prideful act, your kingdom must end. For the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart, someone who's seeking out the heart of God. That's who God wanted. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. He said, Saul, because you might look like a king, you might be handsome, you might be tall, but right here is pride. And because you're not following what God's called you to do, because you're not following the commands of the Lord, I am going to take the kingdom from you. See, Saul lost the anointing of God because of his pride. Now, what I'd like to have seen is Saul say, Samuel, I repent. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. That's my fault. Saul, I'm, or Samuel, I, I, I'm really, I made a bad mistake. I shouldn't have done that. But see, Saul had so much pride. He didn't even realize that he had made a mistake. He didn't even realize that he hadn't followed the command of God. And if you read through 1 Samuel more, you'll see more instances of where Saul acted in pride, where Saul didn't do what God had called him to do, and he wasn't even sorry about it. And it was the pride that led to Saul's destruction. In Proverbs, it said, pride comes, comes before fall. Actually, that word is destruction. Pride comes before destruction. And in Saul's life, it was the pride of him trying to do it on his own that caused the destruction of the kingdom, that, that God had to rip the kingdom back out of Saul's hand, and he gave it to David, a man who was after his own heart. And when Saul lost his anointing, he became bitter. There was no remorse in his life. And if you read 1 and 2 Samuel, you'll see where, actually to the end of 1 Samuel, when Saul was was killed, you'll see where, because of his bitterness, he he started to hate David, 
who was the new king. And he started to make decisions that, that were not kingly decisions. And, and he chased David and tried to kill him. And that's from our last podcast series where King Saul, who was bitter and angry that David was going to be king, was chasing the new king, King David, and trying to kill him so that he could stay king. But here's what, I, here's what I get from watching Saul in that moment. If we miss God, repent. Move back toward him. Get back in line. We don't have to stay in our mistakes. We don't have to stay in a situation, in a relationship, in a job, in a, in a, in a place where we, we've missed God. Don't stay there. I heard a pastor this week call it a detour. There's detours that we're going to make in our life. But you have the ability to do a U-turn, just like you would in your car. If you miss a turn, do a U-turn. Come right back to God. See, Saul was too prideful to do that. He missed his mark. He was chosen to be king. He was uniquely qualified to be king. But in, in his pride, he missed his destiny because he wanted to do it his way. 1 John 1.9, I love this verse because I've needed it in my life. It says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. That was what what Saul had. It was wickedness. It was pride. If he had just confessed, said, I'm sorry, I did wrong, then God would have cleansed him. Luke 24, 46 through 47 says, And he said, now this was Jesus, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die, and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Nehemiah 9, 17 through 18. I think this is a cool verse. They refused to obey and did not remember the miracles you had done done for him. Now he's talking about the children of Israel. Instead, they became stubborn and appointed a leader to take them back to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and merciful, slow to become angry and rich in unfailing love. You did not abandon them even when they made an idol shaped like a calf and said, this is your God who brought you out of Egypt. They committed terrible blasphemies. Now check this out. You did not abandon them even when they made an idol shaped like a calf. Even when the children of Israel made another God and served that other God and said, this is the God that brought us out of Egypt. Even then, God didn't leave them. Why? Because he's the God of forgiveness. He's gracious. He's merciful, slow to become angry, and rich in love. So I encourage you today, if you miss God, repent and get back in line. Now remember, you're uniquely created for the purpose that God has made for you. You have a destiny, but in getting to that destiny, in fulfilling the promises of God in your life, there's going to be delays. Stay patient in your delay. And if you miss the mark, repent. Ask God for forgiveness. You know, I heard the story when Jesus was talking to his disciples about forgiveness. He said, if someone had a hundred sheep and one ran off, 
wouldn't he leave the 99 and go chase after the one? That's what, that's called true forgiveness. That's what God does for us. He doesn't leave us where we are. He chases after us. He goes after us. He wants to see us back in the sheepfold. So I encourage you today, if you've missed the mark in any way, repent, turn back to God, and seek his face. And if that's you today, I want to pray with you. I want to pray that we could all turn back to God and find the destiny that he's called for our life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this message. Thank you for opening this up where we could see King Saul like we've never seen him before. Father, I just ask if, if we've missed the mark in any way, Lord, that you would bring us back to our destiny. Father, we, we're sorry we repent if we have missed where you've called us to go. So Father, today we make a declaration that we will turn from that, we will turn from pride, and we will follow you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys for watching. Be good. Be on the lookout for more podcasts and blog posts on anchormovement.com. Have a great day. Be good. Bye-bye.